Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Well, special edition of the Rising Champions podcast. I'm Kyle Bogan, of course, alongside Dr. Jason Novetsky. And uh, we have our first repeat guest on the, uh, the podcast this week, state champion golfer Shannon Kennedy, who was able to wrap up yet another title uh, recently and did so in dramatic fashion. And, Doc, you're wearing a back-to-back uh, yes. state champion sweatshirt for, uh, for Marion and for Shannon. Uh, an incredible story. It really is. It, it couldn't have worked out better. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't happen to a nicer person or a girl that works any harder and that is intense and is a true team player. Uh, you know, as it'll come out in the interview, she speaks so highly of her team and how important it was for her and her team to be successful again this year. And I'm proud to wear this shirt. Uh, <laughs> Coach Leon just dropped it off in my office literally minutes ago. So I wanted to wear it for the podcast today. And uh, I'm proud to wear it because, you know, I've not only worked with Shannon, but I've worked with Marion Golf for a couple of years now. So very proud to be part of, a little bit of part of their, their extreme success. Well, we'll get to Shannon's experience and the incredible comeback. I won't go into too much details. We'll let her kind of break it down for us uh, when we get to her in a couple of minutes. But she did say something uh, very interesting, you know, in our conversation with her about the event and the, and the buildup really to uh, the, the state championship. And that was that she knew who her competitors were and yeah. her competitors knew exactly who she was. And there was, you know, a, a comment that was put into, you know, a recent, uh, you know, article in the paper and Shannon caught wind of it and, and used that, you know, as a little, you know, added motivation and, you said something interesting before we started recording. Um, you said sometimes it's going to the dark side. Yeah. It's, it's finding something that can just add that little extra motivation. How, I guess how important is that? Is there a balance of not doing it too much, but utilizing it just enough to help you, not hurt you? Yeah, I agree. It, it is a balance because this is something you and I talked about maybe a long time ago about Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. And he mentioned mm-hmm. it into, uh, in the, the last dance episodes about the importance of every now and then when you need it to find something to motivate you. Not that Shannon needed a lot of motivation to win the state championship, but, you know, when other players say things, whether they're positive or negative, um, it gets your attention. And that might just be that straw that puts you over the edge. So one of the girls who's a very good golfer is going to be a very good golfer for years to come mentioned her name in an article and, but gave Shannon props, but, but Shannon noticed it. Okay. They're talking about me. Oh, well, that means I better turn it up a notch. And maybe that's what, what it took for her to take this last one home. Well, and it's uh, you mentioned the uh, Michael Jordan documentary. It's already a meme. It's Jordan sitting there with his cigar and his drink and uh, at the bottom of it in the captions, it says, I was personally offended by that. <laughs> and Jordan, Jordan used that on, on many different occasions. But, you know, I, I just, to me, I marvel at athletes' ability to, to lock into the moment. You know, things might not be going perfectly. Things aren't always going to go well. You're going to face adversity. And, you know, whether it be this specific example with Shannon, you know, coming back to, to win the state championship or others, you know, if you're in an NBA final series and you're down 3-1 and you come back to win the series – those are things that, from an adversity standpoint, life, you know, 
can't necessarily prepare you for until you're in that moment. And then when you know you can't go out there and fail, there's no room for error. I, I mean, that, that really does change everything in your approach, I think. Yeah, I think it gives you what we call tunnel vision. I mean, it's like, okay, well, it's all of this or nothing. So I'm, I'm all in at this point. And, and Shannon mentions that how, and I think you asked her that at that point in the tournament, it's like, well, you have no choice. You've got to go for it. You've got to be aggressive. And I know you love that kind of style. Oh, I mean, come on. You, you've <laughs> golfed with me. You yes. know, it, is, it is very, very difficult to hold off when there's a tucked pin, you know, over a bunker uh, and oh. I hit a draw, but I'm going to try and hit a fade and I end up fading it directly, you know, into that bunker. But hey, you live and you learn, okay? For sure, you will learn. Oh, trust me, I know. That's why I, ha I work on my bunker game all the time. You have to. That's right. Uh, you know, th there's really no other choice. But um, no, it, it's it's fascinating. And I, you know, there was a little uh, snippet that I wanted to make sure we bring up here. It's golf related, so you know, we might as well discuss it uh, as we're just a couple of weeks from the Masters um, officially getting underway down at Augusta. And I, it was Ryan Lovner of the Golf Channel, I believe, that had this. Um, I don't know if it was a story, snippet, tweet, whatever you want to call it, a couple of days ago. And he said that Tiger Woods, in an effort to not get too rehearsed or not use numbers or statistics or yardages, you know, too often, he wants to rely on his God-given talent and, and the mental side of things, that he doesn't ask his caddy, Joe LaCava, for – the number factored in with slope. Like when he's sitting in the middle of the fairway, he doesn't want LaCava to say, okay, you're uphill, there's wind in the face, you know, don't factor that into what yardage you're going to give me. If you think that the exact number is 155, tell me 155 and then I'll in turn adjust to that and go based off of feel. And that that is fascinating to me because that's something that you can't necessarily prepare for. You know, it's just experience. It's, it's you being in that situation many times. I feel like, and you're going to hear, you know, a portion of the story from Shannon coming up here, um, you know, especially as it pertained to the 18th hole and what she needed to do to force uh, the playoff. That, I, I love athletes who don't have to be reliant on the analytics too much, don't have mm -hmm. to always be reliant on that. that that's almost, I don't want to say it a, a lost art, but – it really is remarkable to just, hey, I've been here before. I'm going to feel it out and just go with that as opposed to some pre-rehearsed plan. Well, Kyle, I'm so glad you brought this up because it's been bugging me so much after watching the World Series. So there's a manager that goes with the analytics, right? And he's in the sixth inning and the pitcher is absolutely cruising. And he's got this plan based on the numbers, and pitcher gets to the number or he walks the guy gives up a hit i can't remember the exact circumstances and he pulls this guy and to me that he lost them the world series in that second right then and there so he's going off of this analytical approach and not going with the art of coaching or the art of playing as tiger does as well and i think you know it depends on the person it depends on the situation i mean you got guys like bryson as we've all talked about who's very analytical and he wants every every opportunity to know what's going to happen in the wind, the barometric pressure and all this stuff and where Mars is, it relates to Jupiter and all that kind of stuff to hit a shot. But, you know, Tiger's that field player. And there's a lot of guys out there like that. And I wish that manager from, from the Rays would have been the same way and says, you know what, I know I got this plan, but, but this kid's on fire. So we're going to ride this horse 
until it's obvious that he can't take us any further because he makes that change. And as we know, the rest is history. They get blown out and, and, and the Dodgers end up winning the World Series. So yeah, I, I, analytics I, can go either way. Oh, 100%. I watched exactly zero minutes of the uh, World Series uh, this year. I, I, full disclosure, but the Blake Snell, you know, obviously was out there. There were columns written, you know, people were going nuts on social media. And for good reason, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. You know, we had the Detroit Tigers brought in Brad Ausmus to be the, you know, guy who was going to focus on analytics and, you know, do this and do that. And, all. and you know, I, I didn't think that that was the right approach. There, there is so much. And, and I do think despite David Ortiz hitting the grand slam off of Joaquin Benoit in the 2013 game two ALCS at Fenway Park, I thought Jim Leland was a master of feel, understanding his players, knowing when it was time, knowing if it was, you know what, this is your situation where you're going to come in in relief as opposed to somebody else. That's something to me that, that can't be taught. And that's, I think, what separates the great players and great managers from all the rest. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think it's a balance because I think Leland used some analytics. You know, he was a righty-lefty, yeah. you know, pitcher-hitter kind of guy and played the percentages, so to speak. But at the end of the day, you've got to feel how the game is going. That's part of the psychology of it, too, is to, is to trust it. And so I think Tiger obviously has tons of confidence in, in himself and his own abilities and his decision-making on a shot just like a lot of great managers like Leland and some others um, have with their baseball teams as well. So great topic. How, how much do you talk with, with your athletes about that? Because, you know, there are times and, you know, I, heck I'll be on a golf course and I'll be so confident, you know, I can pull this shot off. I can hit this shot. Inevitably you don't, you, you fall short, but when you get in a scenario like that, again, you don't want to be second guessing yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have this overbelief, but you don't want to necessarily, you know, be out there going, oh, no, I don't, you know, I'm not sure. Well, I subscribe to the theory of for talking golf is if you're going to pull a club, commit it, commit to it, mm -hmm. right or wrong. Yeah. Commit to it. So if you're saying, Hey, I'm going for this in two, well then you're all in. So you might as well do that. Uh, Cause if you're standing over the ball, if you're standing there before a pitch and you're still in the back of your head saying, well, maybe this isn't the best, then you're not going to execute that particular player shot as well as you humanly can. So uh, it's all about commitment and confidence in what you're doing. Oh, and it happens a ton, not to, not to just use the golf reference, but when you are in between clubs yeah. and you're like, well, gosh, I, I could hit an eight here. I could hit a seven. What do I want to do? And then you go to one club, and as soon as you hit the ball, you go, I, I never liked that <laughs> shot. I never felt good standing over that ball. But I, I would even use a basketball reference, and I'd love to know the stat, and, and there's no way to track this, but – a basketball player that gets the ball on the wing and, you know, he'll immediately, it looks like he's going to go up. He has the shot, right? He instead pump fakes, gets the defender to step back, thinks about it again, hesitates, and then the hand is ultimately in his face and the defense improves. And they always, every single time, okay, maybe not every single time, they never make that shot, ever, <laughs> because, because they hesitate, they wait, and you're like, shoot it, shoot it. And by the time they do, it's already such a foregone conclusion they're not going to hit it. Yeah, it's too much uncertainty in that situation. So you're not going to be able to execute well when you're uncertain. You have to commit. You have to be confident in what your decision is. Well, there's no doubt. Uh, obviously, a fantastic uh, conversation with Shannon Kennedy, who, again, we, we spoke to uh, a few months ago, and you know she was able to close out uh, yet another state championship. And I think something that you'll hear in the conversation as well that 
I think added to the moment and added to the day is that not only did she win the individual state championship, but her team, Marion, also, uh, you know, they were able to close it out just prior to her going to that playoff. So uh, a really cool story. And, Doc, you know, we were lucky to get Shannon back on because, you know, if she continues to go out there and be more successful, she's just going to continue to do Brad Galley stories on Channel 7. You know, she, she's not going to have time for the Rising Champions podcast. Right. She's getting big. We knew her, we knew her when. Exactly. We can always, uh, we can always hang on to that. But uh, without further ado, uh, Shannon Kennedy back with us here on the Rising Champions podcast, detailing her most recent state championship victory. And it is an incredible comeback, a, a terrific moment. And again, just another notch on the belt as she is uh, going to go off and do some bigger things and, you know, hopefully continue to take the golf world by storm. So let's go ahead and get to Shannon. Okay. So a couple of months ago, we had this, you know, young golfer, incredibly talented golfer on Shannon Kennedy. And, uh, you know, she was on the rising champions podcast and we know, you know, she's been working hard and competing, trying to win yet another uh, state championship. And since that time, she was able to go out and win another state title. And Doc, I, I feel like Shannon's a little bit too big for us now. Okay, I, I, I turn on the TV the other night and I see Shannon getting a feature done on her with Brad Galley on Channel Seven to the XYZ Sports. I mean, we, we, we are honored to have you on the, uh, the Rising Champions podcast again, and congratulations in all sincerity. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are super proud of you, Shannon. I know I was texting with your mom all day during the state championship run this time around, so I was getting hole-by-hole -hole updates from time to time, and man, it had me on pins and needles too. So, Shannon, we want to hear from start to finish a little bit about how you accomplished this amazing feat of winning your third high school girls state championship. Yeah. So I started off on the 17th hole and I actually got off to a pretty rocky start. I made par on uh, my first hole, but then the second hole, I actually made double. Mm. So I, I was like, uh Oh, I'm going to have to fight my way back into this one. It's just kind of a, it was definitely a, like, made me open my eyes. I was like, okay, got to get it together. The nerves are out and just got to go strong. And I ended up going four under the rest of the way. But I definitely struggled on my, uh, my, first, my first nine for sure. And then I uh, got to the ninth hole, which was my 11th of the day. And I, I made a birdie and I kind of was like, okay, let's go. You're going to you're gonna have to get together. So we had live scoring. And I said I wouldn't check till after nine. I just wanted to play my game, and then I would check it out. Mm. And I, I looked after nine, and I, I saw I was four back with seven to play. So what was your first thought when you saw that? Because that's a pretty big hill to climb. Yeah, so my first thought when I saw that was, oh, boy, you're going to have to get it together here. <laughs> you're going to have to do something special here for sure. I mean, being four back with seven to play, it's no, it's no easy task, especially in a state championship with all the nerves, and everyone's, uh, everyone was gunning for me. So – I definitely was like, okay, senior year state championship, you got to, everything you got here. See, then what? Oh, yeah, sorry, please, Kyle. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, so then I, uh, on my 10th hole, I put it to about six feet and just lipped out for birdie. And that kind of, even though I missed it, it kind of got the, kind of got the juices flowing. I was like, okay, I, I can do this. And I ripped a couple birdies off in a row. And then I, um, got to my I think it was my 15th hole and I saw that I was 
only two back or one back at that point. And then after my 15th hole, I made a good par on, uh, on my 16th hole. And I was like, all right, you're only, you're only one back now. Like you got to do something here. And then the girl actually bogeyed. So I was into my 17th hole all square. So, I, and that was actually the first, I never led the tournament the entire time until the end. I never led once. And so I teed off on my 17th hole as par five and I actually hit the green in two. So I was fired up. I'm thinking, okay, I was finishing back to back par five. So I'm thinking, mm -hmm. okay, rip off two birdies. You'll be good to go. And I ended up three putting my 17th hole, which was, which was definitely a, definitely a tough, tough pill to swallow. Um, and then as I was walking to my 18th tee, I hear the roar from the crowd on who, my competitor's 18th hole. And I, I was like, she just made birdie. So it's I, like Tiger I, being at Augusta. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> and whole family watching and everything. I was like, all right, <laughs> I have to make birdie. I knew I needed birdie. So I actually um, hit a decent drive on my 18th hole. It was another par five. And then I – actually hit my second shot like pretty far to the right I was long right and I had an impossible up and down to a I was like back right and the pin was kind of front right so it was mm. I didn't have much green to work with and I uh, hit a flop shot to about 20 feet and then made that pot obviously to tie the tie the state championship see I, I wonder you know are you a player that's better when you know you can be hyper aggressive. Like you talked about being, you know, four down, you know, over the final seven holes. So at that point, you know, you could just be an incredibly aggressive player. You almost had nothing to lose at that point. You yeah. had to get birdies. You had, you had to get close Fired to him. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does that, is that something that it, it, that makes you a better player almost because there, there's no, you have nothing to fear, I guess, at that point. Yeah, I, I would say, like, that type of competition is definitely the – I like playing on down. I mean, that competition is definitely what drives me to be the player that I am. So, you, you tie, and now you have to go into an extra hole. You're going to the playoff. Yeah, so uh, I actually, whatever, walked off walked off the green, and then we had to do all the scoring and all that stuff and the awards for everyone else. Cause, and my team actually got first place, so – I like walked in and I have all these emotions and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like my team just won a state championship. So I was living that, but I was focusing on my playoff. It was, it was definitely, it was crazy. So how'd you get mentally back into it and get ready to play that first um, playoff hole? I, I gave my team hugs and I said, okay, I'll celebrate with them after this is, I got to focus on this. So I took a few pictures with the team and then I went right to the range, hit a few balls. They let us hit a few balls before we, we went out there and then walked to the tee. My coach, Coach David Sass, uh, he did a great job keeping me focused and kind of in the moment instead of – because it was definitely very overwhelming, I would say, mm -hmm. with, with all the – with everyone being there and stuff too. And how so, did they determine if you – who hits first in that situation? So they give you two – like they had two pieces of papers, two pieces of paper. One said one, one said two, and I drew – and I got first, which was actually – which was huge for me because I had a big T-ball. So, so I would think it was a big intimidation factor. And so, so I went first, and she went second. So what transpired then on the uh, in the playoff? I'm assuming um, you, you hit the fairway and intimidated, you know, her after yeah, you know, a big I ball off the Yeah, I hit a pretty pretty big dive drive down there. Um, I think I was like 40 yards out or something, and she 
she didn't hit a very good shot. So, so she had to go first, and she hit a great second shot, but she was just short of the green. And so she got up there. She chipped up, put it to about 10 feet. Um, and then I went. I put my, my second shot to about seven feet left of the pin, right where I wanted to be, which was good. And uh, she went first and missed it, so I kind of just legged her up there and tapped it in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did, did a small it, part of you, though, want to end with, with the birdie, like hit oh, that putt? For sure. I was, yeah. like, I was thinking, I'm like, don't be dumb here, but I won't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it wasn't easy conditions. Yeah, it wasn't easy conditions either, right? I mean, no, it was it cold. Was very windy all day, especially on that uh, that pot on my last hole at the Tyler State Championship. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but, I mean, you can see oh, yeah. the flag. The flag was whipping back and forth. It was It was tough. Cool. And you almost, you almost Kevin nodded. I mean, you were walking it in. You knew it was in. Oh yeah, I you know right when I hit it, I knew it was in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I saw the video. It was amazing, Shannon. I was super proud of you. You looked so pumped. Your body language was amazing. Yeah, it was uh, a really exciting moment. Thank you. So this I'm going to ask a, a typical yeah, dumb journalist question that every guy asks all the time. So how did it feel? Um, <laughs> the minute I saw it go in, I almost didn't believe it. Like I was like there's no way, like, I was four back with seven to go, like, there is no way I just came back and won this, and then I, like, there was, so everyone, on, I was, like, the last one on the golf course, so there was 60 people around the entire green, and everyone was just going crazy, and I was, like, no way, like, I'm living this moment right now, like, this is, like, the moment of my life, like, I've never had a better moment than this one. Mm. So I'll play the uh, the other role of asking the uh, the dumb journalistic <laughs> questions, um, and, and this is one that happens a lot. And I, I truthfully don't necessarily know how it feels. I, I didn't accomplish a lack of a lot to, on a big scale in my uh, athletic career. But um, how does this one compare to the other state state championships? Oh, this is far and away the best one, uh, just because the way it ended. I mean, it was so dramatic. My team got the win. It was senior year. I mean, the other two obviously were. Very, very special. But, I mean, there's a little less drama going into your last hole when you're one back instead of three up. <laughs> so. so, Shannon, we we prepared hard on the mental side for this one in particular. You came in twice uh, leading up the States. We talked a lot about a couple major things that I think hit home with you, maybe bigger than ever. We talked about thinking tactically versus emotionally. Tell me and tell everybody listening, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that was absolutely a huge factor to me. Um, we worked on that right before regionals, mm -hmm. and that was huge for me, especially with, you know, I mean, you got two tournaments left. It's your senior year. I mean, talk about emotional. <laughs> you have every emotion flying at you and stuff. So to me that meant think about what to do to put yourself in the best position to hit the next shot. Don't think about what's going to happen if you don't hit that shot correctly. And that was huge for me. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, we even watched a little video with Kobe Bryant. Uh, mm -hmm. Shannon's obviously a great basketball player too. And uh, Kobe talked a lot about the importance of failure doesn't exist. Failure only happens when you quit. You know, you don't meet your own, you don't um, live up to your own standards or expectations in that way. And thinking tactically versus emotionally. And, and that was a huge, huge factor moving forward. The other piece we talked a lot about, Shannon, was being intentional and, and focusing on having intent. Like, how are you gonna show up at regionals? How are you gonna show up 
at, at the state championship with your body language, with your purpose, with your facial expressions, with your speech, you know, and so that was a big factor, I think, in, in, in helping you get to this point. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you, you win it, you have the big celebration. What did you guys do as a team at, afterwards? Um, we went to our teammate Sarah's house with all the parents and stuff and just celebrated, talked about, talked about the good season. And then uh, a few days ago we had like a little banquet or whatever. And, uh, at Red Run, Kyle. Yes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> speeches, which was emotional, but I think it definitely ended the best way possible. And we, we really put a cap on a great season. So one thing I want to bring up, um, and, and we can mention names. It's okay because we're going to give them due credit. There's a couple competitors out there that motivated you. Absolutely, yeah. And let's let's give them full credit because they're great players, but they also motivated you in a certain way. Tell us, tell us how. Yeah, I mean, so high school golf. There's a lot of everyone's talking all the time. Obviously, um, I knew there was going to be some tough competition heading into the tournament. Ryan Breslin, the girl I beat, she's a great player. I knew. Knew her before Lauren Timph. Um, she had mentioned my name in a Oakland Press article a few weeks. A few weeks kind of fired me up a little bit, saying she was like Shannon Kennedy's my number one competition. So I started thinking, all right, <laughs> I got some, I got some work to do here. That was so that was definitely a big motivator, and she's a great player. So that was it was good to have those those kind of whatever motivations. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. How do you think this is going to prepare you for the next level when you go to Michigan State next year? Yeah, I mean, obviously Michigan State's a lot tougher competition and a bigger scale, but, I mean, everything that we've worked on and the stuff I've achieved, I mean, we just take it to the next level and just get better and focus on – but not forget the past successes as well. That's right, and you got to keep those in mind. And I think what's important, I tell a lot of athletes as they move up to different levels, is don't try to be something that you're not. Mm-hmm. oftentimes when I'm working with minor league baseball players that go up from like class A to class double A and things like that, they always feel like they have to do something more or special because now they're at another level. And I always remind them like, look, you moved up and the same thing for you, Shannon, you're going to be there because of what you've done. So let's just keep being you. And yeah, will it be harder? Will it be more intense? Absolutely. But you will adjust just like you've adjusted all along. And I think that's true for all athletes as they move up different levels. Remember, just do what works for you. And just get better at being you. Don't try to be somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And you've, you've, we've talked about that before when I've been a little worried about my play and stuff. You said, I mean, you've done it before. You've got, you're where you are because of what you've done. Not that's right. You're trying to be something you're not. And that's absolutely. a huge thing for me. Well, see, that's the thing. And that's what ties in, I guess, perfectly, you know, with, with here, you know, the Rising Champions podcast with Doc, obviously the, the champion mindset group, and then your story and everything that went on it had to be all mental. I mean, you know, clearly you had to be more aggressive. You had to go out there and, and you know, make birdies, you know, <laughs> essentially just try to catch up as many strokes as possible down the stretch. But mentally it did seem like you were the one that was a little bit more locked in and others didn't necessarily have the experience of playing with that lead and being able to close it out. That feels like it was a major factor over those final seven holes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I saw that I was four back with seven to go, I mean, I was like, this is it. Like, you just have to, like, you've got to play your game. Like, if you're ever going to do it, now's the time. And I was very locked in. 
for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we were so excited to hear about it. We, Kyle and I spoke and we said, well, we have to have her back on. You were the first repeat guest on the Rising Champions <laughs> podcast and it couldn't come out to a better person. So kudos to you. We're so proud of you and uh, we're looking forward to bigger and better things down the road. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Shannon. Congrats again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.